Now here's your host, Greg Rakestraw. For the first time in four years, it's a playoff edition of Soccer Saturday on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Indy 11 played to a 3-3 draw against San Antonio last week. Only draw back to that, Solomon Asante got a red card. And Solo will not be available for the Indy 11 tomorrow night when they take on the Charleston Battery. It's actually tomorrow afternoon. 4 o'clock is the kickoff. You can watch the match on TV. ESPN Plus, as per usual, has the stream. There's a lot of great things going on in soccer that normally we would hit on today. But the Indy 11 are always going to be our focus, especially when we're playing in a playoff match for the first time since November of 2019. Head coach Mark Lowry, team captain Sebastian Guenzotti, former Indy 11 man A.J. Cochran, and John Morrissey of USL Tactics will all break it down between now and 10 o'clock. So without further ado, our first time out, Mark Lowry joins us next. Soccer Saturday, 93.5, 107.5, the fan. No more do. Authentic Irish whiskey. May your team be swift in their aim true. And may your whiskey always be Tullamore Dew. Glasses up to responsible drinking. Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey. 40% alcohol by volume 80 proof. Copyright 2015. Imported by William Grant and Sons, Inc. New York, New York. At Community Health Network, we're committed to simplifying health care. Our patients want to feel heard and not like a number. They want to feel like they matter. And that's my job providing good faith estimates. Learn more about pricing transparency and our commitment to uncomplicating health care at ecommunity.com slash simply delivered. Community Health Network. Exceptional care. Simply delivered. As the highest performing national contractor of excellence, Gaylor Electric offers complete design-build electrical construction and 24-7 on-demand electrical support. Recognized by many world-renowned companies as one of the most forward-thinking organizations in the industry, Gaylor Electric delivers consistent excellence in innovation and quality to the customers we serve. Visit Gaylor.com to find out what it's like to rely on Gaylor Electric. Meet Chip. 30 years ago, Chip started a family business with a big idea. Today, there's a new building and a new fleet of equipment. At Indiana Members Credit Union, we know Chip. We know he plans to keep growing, building business with the next generation. We're here to help Chip and you with secure and simple account management tools and commercial financing to grow business. Today, it's all about Chip. Tomorrow, it's all about you. Because at IMCU, it's you that matters. Learn more at imcu.com. Rising 15 stories above the city's wholesale district, the Hyatt Place Hyatt House Indianapolis downtown offers a modern and lively setting in the heart of the city, within walking distance to the best attractions, so you can enjoy your downtown experience to the fullest. Stop by the Pivot Bar and Balcony with exclusive outdoor dining and space to host your next private event. Enjoy a relaxing dinner or craft cocktail on the spacious outdoor patio. Call 317-762-2013 for more information and to make your reservation today. Experience exclusive living at the Olivia Luxury Residences and Shops. From modern high-end finishes to a luxurious amenities center, elevated pool, and aqua lounge, no detail is overlooked in the Olivia Luxury Apartment Residences. Step outside and enjoy great food at Bar Louis, Verde Cantina, Rosie's Cafe, or Sugar Creek Winery. The Olivia is walking distance from the Monon Trail and Carmel's Arts and Design District. Call 317-660-2400 to schedule a tour at the Olivia Apartments today. 
Tullamore Dew, authentic Irish whiskey. May your team be swift in their aim true. And may your whiskey always be Tullamore Dew. Glasses up to responsible drinking. Tullamore Dew, Irish whiskey, 40% alcohol by volume 80 proof. Copyright 2015. Imported by William Grant & Sons, Inc., New York, New York. As close as you'll get to the pitch without putting on the cleats. Here's 11 Minutes, presented by your Central Indiana Honda dealers. Proud to be the automotive sponsors of the Indy 11. Welcome back. It is Soccer Saturday on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan, a playoff edition where our focus is exclusively and entirely on the Indy 11 and the Charleston Battery. But joining us as he does every Saturday this time of year, and hopefully in this sort of conversation for three more Saturdays, the head coach of the Indy 11 in Mark Lowry joining us. Good morning. It's playoff weekend. How does that feel to you? Feels good. I mean, it's, it's obviously a long season, 34 games. Um, and this is, you know, what you get, what you go through it for, you know, to try and be in the mix at the end of it. So it feels good to be there. It feels good to have something to play for. My guess is, is you spent less time kind of thinking about what happened this previous Saturday than you normally would. Pretty easy to kind of flip that switch and be thinking about Charleston. But I guess just your thoughts as to how you played heading into this postseason weekend. Yeah, I mean, I thought we were fantastic. I mean, I think when you look at the last three games, Detroit, Tulsa, and San Antonio, going away to San Antonio and getting in and out of the game is uh, no easy feat. Um, I think anybody will tell you that. So to, to, to dominate like we did for, you know, 60 minutes until we got the red card, I thought was tremendous. The red card really put a bit of a sour note on the evening, obviously. Sure. Um, you know, I thought it was a very unfortunate one as well. Two very soft yellows that I think, you know, could have easily not been called um, in terms of, you know, what it was, it was a foul, but whether it was a yellow card or not, I think on another day you don't get a yellow card for it. So it was just really unfortunate the way that played out. Um, but the level of performance was top class. So the guys the guys knew they played well, and the guys came out of the game thinking, you know what, we're a good team. So it's always good to feel like that. All right, so with that, I'm, you and I have a conversation like this about once or twice a year where there's a call that we say, all right, let's let people behind the scenes. Is there any sort of appeal process that you can go through for that double yellow that leads to a red of the league office? Yeah, we appealed it um, because the first yellow was actually misidentification. It wasn't even Solo did nothing wrong. Right. Um, they, they, I don't know why they gave Solo a yellow on the first one. Probably should have given it two or three of our other players, but <laughs> it was it was for mass confrontation. And when you watch the video back, Solo's just not there at all. He's, he's 10, 15 yards away from the crowd. And, and he, Solo actually goes over to kind of start pulling our guys away you know, to get focused again. And the ref turns around and gives Solo a yellow. And it's, like, unbelievable. So, yeah, we appealed it. But, unfortunately, you know, it didn't go in our favor, which we're very surprised, to be honest, because the video is the video is pretty clear. Yeah. Um, so we're very disappointed that the appeal didn't go in our favor. Um, but we tried because, look, Solo's a great player. It's really important to us. So we wanted, we wanted, we wanted you know, we wanted him with us, obviously. Um, but it's not to be so we got to find solutions and, and try and go win a game without him. And without giving away a game plan, uh, just big picture, how do you adapt without Solo, knowing that he's always a big part of what you do, but especially as this run of success has kicked in from August until now, seemingly it's been in part for many reasons, one of them being he's kind of kicked into gear. How do you overcome mm-hmm. that? Yeah, he's been incredible the last few weeks. Um, top form, top player, showed his quality, you know, how much he means to us in the locker room and the, the guys. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's one where, you know, 
I think I think the whole team was playing well. So if anyone's out, we're going to miss them at this point because sure. there was a great rhythm and a fluidity to, to, to how we were playing. Um, but obviously, we have a squad. We have a squad of guys, and it's a playoff game, so everyone's up for it. Everyone's ready. Um, so I, I have a feeling that no matter you know who we pick or what eleven rolls out there, everyone's going to be super up for it, super motivated to to do the right thing for the team and to compete and to play. And and we've got to feel confident. You know, I think our identity is very strong no matter who's on the field. So um, it's definitely a we over me situation. You know, 11 players are stronger than one player, and we just got to keep fighting. One of the hidden uh, gems, I would say, from last week was getting Jesus Vasquez extended minutes because, mm-hmm. you know, a- after he's been out since early July, it's just been tough for him to crack that 11 because especially mm-hmm. the two centers in front of him playing so well in terms of yep. Dispey and, and Meshack. So what do you see from him and I guess your confidence level in him going forward? Yeah, no, it was great, uh, and and it was intentional last week. Obviously, we we, we were without me, Shaq, to being away at Haiti, but it was important for me in this last game to get guys some extended minutes. Yeah, that maybe haven't seen it for a while because you never know if you might need them. So for Jesus to go ninety against a really strong attacking team, obviously, um, and to play how he did was incredible. I mean, you saw on on like was it fifty five, sixty minutes, we made two subs to get Maka and Harrison, you know, some extended minutes. Um, you know, not just five, ten at the end. We wanted guys to get some quality minutes just in case you never know. In playoff, you've got to call on people. I'd rather everyone be ready. Again, Mark Lowry, Soccer Saturday, 93.5 and 107.5. The fan, good results against Charleston. Uh, again, one, you're playing a man up for 89-plus minutes. The other one, a 1-1 draw, and the last time you played him was over three months ago. Just how much, I guess, videotape study, stock, for lack of a better term, do you put into those first two matchups against the battery this season? Uh, not, not at this point. Um, I think we're just very different from those two times we played them. You know, we're playing a different system. We have different players. Um, you know, different, different feeling, different mentality. Obviously, as you said, there was, you know, better players enough in the first game early on. We had a player enough in the last, in the, in the second game. Obviously, it was later on, but both games finished with one team with ten men. Um, very different moments. So uh, I don't put any stock into it, to be honest. Um, we're just focusing on what Charlton have been doing lately and how they're playing and, and the threats they have and, and the players they have in form and things like that. So um, we're obviously confident in our own ability and how we're playing right now. So that's the most important thing. But those two games, you know, there's no really reason to watch them back because, like I said, we're playing a totally different type of football right now. I know there's a, there's a lot of great talent on that Charleston team. Frankly, a very good head coach on that Charleston team. As you prepare for them, what makes them or what made them one of the best three teams in the East this year? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, it, Ben's played the same type of way uh, wherever he's been. His Memphis team played similar. Um, they flood the box with numbers. They get a lot of people forward when they attack. You know, they, 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 they overload the outsides with fullbacks and then they get the ball in the box. And you got to make sure that you have more people in there than they do. That's what it comes down to. If you look at a lot of their goals, it's the ball will come in and they've got three men in the box because they've, they've put a lot of people in there. So uh, we've got to defend those situations as well. They've also got a couple of players out wide that can hurt you one to one. Um, the young the Barajas from the Mexican uh, Youth International is very good. Um, so we're aware of their threats um, and, and who they are as a team. And But I think they'll be very wary of that as well because I think everyone can see how well we're playing right now. Before we let you go, uh, and again, you've been there, uh, especially in your days in El Paso, and we've seen it in years gone by. It's been four years, obviously. But it's easy to recognize what's at stake in terms of a playoff match. 
but as you see it played, unfurling in front of you, what's different about a playoff match? What do you see that just makes it different from anything of the 34 matches you played previous to this one? It's a one-game season. You know, I know that's very cliche, but it is true. Anything can happen, and I think form goes out the window at this point. And, you know, you obviously want to finish the season well because you always want to carry confidence in, but the reality is um, a lot of teams that have clinched early, you know, that they can get complacent. It's just a whole different feeling. It's, um, it's a one-game season. Um, you got to make sure you can win one game uh, and take it a game at a time. So it's... Uh, you don't want to lose your identity. You want to be true to who you are because you can't change things too much because uh, that leads to confusion and, and mistakes. Things. So you have to be true to who you are. Keep you know, simplify things a little bit. Don't overthink it. I think that's an important piece from a coach's standpoint. I've tried these last few weeks just not to overthink things. You know, if something's if something's working, just keep it going. Right, keep keep oiling it up and keep it going. So um, all those things come into it. But it's a one game season. You have to make sure over ninety or one hundred twenty minutes you're prepared to do whatever it takes. Uh, and I know that you'll be doing exactly that uh, some 24-plus hours from now. It's been a great ride as of late. Let's keep it going. Uh, best of luck, my friend. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Ray. See you soon. No need for the full standing rundown here, but here are the matches that are of importance to the Indy 11 because, again, we're the fourth and final playoff match in the Eastern Conference. We're the seventh of eight for the league in total, and we'll kind of maybe, if time allows, give a cursory glance to the West, but our focus is on the East. So 6.30 tonight, Memphis hosts Louisville. Of note, Louisville goes on the road for a playoff opener for the first time in franchise history. They have always been a top-four seed. They are the number-five seed in that one. Uh, They have also made the conference finals every year of their existence. We'll see if that streak can continue. The 1-8 matchup in terms of Pittsburgh and Detroit is a rematch from last week that played to a nil-nil draw. That draw for Detroit was enough When Miami lost at Sacramento, Detroit made the playoffs for a second straight year. Trevor James gets to coach at least one more game. The result may be different. I'm not sure the tenor of the game is all that different with a Trevor James team versus a Bob Lilly team in that matchup. The game that is of most importance to the Indy 11 is Tampa Bay and Birmingham because there's no reseeding, all right? In other words, regardless of what happens in the playoff matchups, The winner of Indy Charleston plays the winner of Tampa Bay and Birmingham. And while Tampa was clearly the better team during the course of the year, Birmingham swept them. We will talk more about that matchup when we close out the show with John Morrissey of USL Tactics at the end. But again, the other three Eastern Conference matchups, 6.30, 7, and 7.30, Memphis-Louisville, Pittsburgh-Detroit, Tampa Bay-Birmingham in that order with me listing the home team first. We'll talk more about the West next week if we need to. Let's hope we do. Indy 11 team captain Sebastian Guenzotti joins us next. Soccer Saturday, 93.5-1075, The Fan. Head to Court Furniture Clearance Center for up to 70% off new retail prices. Stock is updated regularly, so you never know what kind of treasures you'll find. They offer a wide variety of stylish furniture for any budget, and every piece is court certified, so you can let your personality show in every room. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off any item in the store near I-65 and Lafayette Road. Online at court.com. Refresh your home with stylish finds from Court Furniture Clearance Center. When you're dealing with a sports injury, getting back out there is the first thing on your mind. We know the feeling. Our sports medicine team cares for thousands of student athletes across central Indiana. 
In addition to physicians and athletic trainers, you'll have access to experts in physical therapy, imaging, and more. And with convenient locations near you, we help make healing as simple as possible. Learn more at ecommunity.com sports. Community Health Network. Exceptional care, simply delivered. For over 60 years, Somerset CPA and Advisors has been guiding clients through the critical decisions that impact their financial health. Somerset CPAs is now CBiz Somerset and MHM. With more than 120 offices and 6,500 team members throughout the U.S., they're able to provide the benefits and resources of being part of a national firm. And you'll still receive the same personal attention from the same expert consultants you've come to know and trust. CBiz Somerset and MHM. National resources. Personal service. As the highest performing national contractor of excellence, Gaylor Electric offers complete design-build electrical construction and 24-7 on-demand electrical support. Recognized by many world-renowned companies as one of the most forward-thinking organizations in the industry, Gaylor Electric delivers consistent excellence in innovation and quality to the customers we serve. Visit Gaylor.com to find out what it's like to rely on Gaylor Electric. The goal isn't graduation day. The goal is a better every day after. It's the first day in your new career, your first pay raise, the fifth day of that week-long vacation. It's the first paid holiday home with your family or the day of your last car payment much sooner than you thought. At Ivy Tech Community College, they don't just care about your degree. They care about your life. Ivy Tech can get you where you want to go. Get started at ivytech.edu. At Johnson Controls, they transform the environments where people live, work, learn, and play. The places and spaces that are the backdrop to the biggest moments in your life. Delivering more efficient workplaces, better patient outcomes, safer learning environments, and enhanced fan and passenger experiences. They provide the building technology, solutions, and expertise to power your mission. Johnson Controls. That's a way to use your head. It's Soccer Saturday on the Fan, presented by Community Sports Medicine, the official sports medicine provider of the Indy 11. Welcome back. It is Soccer Saturday on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We have been fortunate to have Sebastian Guenzati on this show many times in the last, say, 11 months. We've been fortunate as Indy 11 fans that he has elected to continue his career here with the Indy 11. Uh, we also made it a point for the first week of the season – we gave him the right as the team captain uh, to be our player guest to kick off the year. The same thing holds true for the postseason as well. So virtually, if you will, wearing his captain's armband, it's Sebastian Gwenzada that joins us now. Good morning, my friend. How you doing? Good morning. How are you? Thank I'm, you for having me again. Of course. It's, it's always a pleasure to chat with you, whether it's on the air or off. And let's face it, we're not going to focus much on last week because once you get to playoff time, everything is going forward. But for you with that goal, number 11 of the season, number 70 for you in the USL championships. We're getting into round number territory on your career goals. What what does that statement of anything mean to you? Uh, thank you for, for that information. Um, no, it's a, you know, a great feeling, a great feeling that, you know, you're doing the right things, you know, every day. It's not only in the weekends that you score, you know, it's every. Every day that you come into training, you know, thanks to my teammates, obviously, um, you know, I've, uh, I, I was lucky enough to have unbelievable teammates, 
you know, from, from Cosmos to Rowdy's, obviously, you know, 70 goals. Um, I needed a lot of help with that. So, you know, amazing teammates that made that happen. You know, great coaches that, that led the way. And obviously is the dedication and effort that I put in every day. And, you know, uh, you know, that paid off. And it's an amazing feeling. The 70 goals don't even count your goals with the Cosmos. That's just Tampa Bay and Indianapolis as well. So <laughs> I'll go back and, and look those up and, and, and we'll count those too. Obviously, kind of the fortunes of the team have gotten better uh, from, say, August on, and that has kind of coincided with you taking more of an active role, or at least you know, finding the back of the net on a more regular basis. So not just you individual, but as a team, what seemingly changed for you guys from, say, early August in, uh, until where you're at right now? Yeah, definitely a huge change, you know, in, uh, in everybody's character. You know, a lot of guys, a lot of the guys stepped up uh, had a big role in the, you know, the um, the the wins that we had back to back, and uh, and you know the coach has done an unbelievable job. You know, it's a whole new group that we had since the beginning. Um, I think it showed a little bit. We were a little bit, you know, um, getting losses at home, and then we got to a point where we had to get together and start talking to see what was going on. You know, we had an unbelievable team. Results weren't going our way. I think we played great soccer from the start of the season. Um, we were just missing that final third, you know, in the attack. And once I got going, you know, I think guys started getting the atmosphere that, you know, we, we could be a better team. We could start fighting, uh, you know, for the playoff spot. Um, and, you know, like I said, a lot of guys stepped up for that. And um, now, you know, I think we're playing the best soccer that we've played all season at the right time. So that's huge for, for a team coming into the playoffs because, Nothing that we did matters now, you know, in the past. Now it's, uh, you know, we got to take every game like a final because that's what it is in the playoffs. Well, Sebastian, let's face it. You know, we're going to talk a lot and have talked a lot about the fact this is the first playoff trip for the Indy 11 in four years. But you've been in the playoffs every year the last three years since that time. Many of your teammates have been in the exact same boat. You know, Cam Lindley's had deep runs with a couple of different teams over the last couple of years. So, I guess just your thoughts. This has been a very experience-laden group all season long. How does that pay off come playoff time? No, definitely. You know, I think the last four games that we've played, we we play with that playoff mentality. You know, every every ball uh, that we challenge, every every play we fought to the end, every every whistle. Um, you know, and and it shows what kind of mentality this team has. You know, a lot of experience. You know, obviously we have uh, some losses, but but this team has come together so so well that um you know now where we have a identity going into the games of knowing that you know you, this is going to be a good game. You know, we we go into the the field wanting to play, and you know uh, it, it shows on the field when when everybody is willing to give everything and you know fight every ball to the end and i think in the playoffs that's going to be huge one more kind of regular season question before we again shift the focus forward you also just completed a year where you played in all 34 matches the only in the 11 player to do that um just the badge of honor that is for you to say i played when my nut when my name was called i went out there every time and i guess just the work that you put in to ensure that that happens so you can be out there every match day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I'm I'm the type of player that focuses on, you know, being available every every game and um, you know, that's dedication and 
and hard work throughout the years. You know, I don't think I, I've missed a game, you know, since I've been in the USL. I was always available, um, injury-free, and, you know, um, you know, thank, thanks to the trainers that we've had, you know, medical staff, they've been doing a, a great job uh, in a tough season. And, um, yeah, it's just, you know, a lot of dedication and, and willing, willing to always stay, you know, ready for when your name is called and, and to stay healthy, you know, it's uh, it's not only in the field but outside that that I, I try to take as you know much care of my body as I can. You guys have learned to kind of adapt without uh, Aiden Quinn now for the last five or six weeks. You also knew once you left the pitch last Saturday night, you wouldn't have Solomon Asante because of that double yellow that turned into a red. How do you overcome Solo's loss uh, against this Charleston team? Yeah, Solo, he's been a huge part of this, you know, this um, the success of the team, you know. Uh, Solo, he's one of the best passers in the league, so it, it hurts us a lot, you know, coming off that San Antonio game. We knew that we were missing a, a big part in the team. Um, but, uh, you know, we have guys so ready to come in the field that are hungry, that, that haven't gotten, you know, the minutes I did, that they deserve because, you know, it's such a, such a um, competitive lineup that we have um, but I think the guys I know the guys are ready you know the guys coming after solo they're ready to play and hungry on and they're going to do the the best job they can um, to represent you know the team and and to also get more playing time throughout the playoffs you know everybody wants to play uh, yes they do uh, by the way I promised Sebastian I would go back and total up his Cosmos League goals for his total so it's 80 uh, if you combine his days with, 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 with the Cosmos because, you know, guys like Royal and Marco Center were taking all of his – and Iose were taking all of his goals uh, back then uh, when he's playing with the Cosmos <laughs> as well. Seba, again, congratulations on a great year. I know you're planning on playing for four more weeks, so I hope that you and I can have this conversation again either next week talking about a home playoff match against Birmingham or going back to play your rowdies one more time. Uh, but to do that, you got to get a W in Charleston. Best of luck doing that. Safe travels down there, and thanks for the time today. I greatly appreciate it. No, thank you so much again for having me. And, hope, uh, yeah, like you said, in four weeks uh, we'll be speaking again. So Sebastian said something in terms of being available for every match. It's been close in terms of playing in every match. He suffered a devastating knee injury at the end of his time with the Cosmos in 2016 signed by the Rowdies, and then was able to come back late in the 2017 season. But to Sebastian's point, he played every match but one in 2019, every match but one in 2020, every match but one in 2021, and appeared in every match but four a season ago. Now, he may have been in the 18 for all of those, but he's been remarkably durable, and he was the only man for the Indy 11 to play in all 34 matches this season. The captain, the leading goal scorer, Sebastian Guenzotti. We go from one good guy to another, except this time he lines up against the Indy 11. Former Indy 11 man A.J. Cochran will give us all the breakdown he can on the Charleston Battery tomorrow's playoff foe. That comes your way next on this playoff edition of Soccer Saturday on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. More do authentic Irish whiskey. May your team be swift in their aim true, and may your whiskey always be Tullamore Dew. Glasses up to responsible drinking. Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey, forty percent alcohol by volume, eighty proof. Copyright twenty fifteen. Imported by William Grant and Sons Inc. New York, New York.
Indy 11 is teaming up with official apparel partner Puma to help you only see great. Great can be anywhere. It's the promise you make to yourself to never look back and never back down. The Spectra Pack from Puma embraces greatness with brilliant graphics inspired by bands of refracted color. Create moments that give meaning to the sport from the club season to the finals of international championships. Look around you, look inside you, and only see great. The Spectra Pack is available now on Soccer.com. Hello, soccer fans. This is Jerry Abley from Indiana University. For championship real estate expertise in the Indy metro area, Nino Berticelli is my go-to guy. Indiana is my home. Nino is my homeboy. Follow Nino as my homeboy on Facebook for free ticket opportunities to every Indy 11 home game. That's Nino, N-I-N-O, at ninoismyhomeboy.com. When joint pain is getting in the way of your life, Community Health Network Orthopedic Specialty Care can help. Community specialists offer comprehensive care for every type of orthopedic issue. And our convenient locations and simple scheduling options make it easier to get the relief you need. Learn more at ecommunity.com ortho. Community Health Network. Exceptional care. Simply delivered. Rising 15 stories above the city's wholesale district, the Hyatt Place Hyatt House Indianapolis downtown offers a modern and lively setting in the heart of the city, within walking distance to the best attractions, so you can enjoy your downtown experience to the fullest. Stop by the Pivot Bar and Balcony with exclusive outdoor dining and space to host your next private event. Enjoy a relaxing dinner or craft cocktail on the spacious outdoor patio. Call 317-762-2013 for more information and to make your reservation today. Experience exclusive living at the Olivia Luxury Residences and Shops. From modern high-end finishes to a luxurious amenities center, elevated pool, and aqua lounge, no detail is overlooked in the Olivia Luxury Apartment Residences. Step outside and enjoy great food at Bar Louis, Verde Cantina, Rosie's Cafe, or Sugar Creek Winery. The Olivia is walking distance from the Monon Trail and Carmel's Arts and Design District. Call 317-660-2400 to schedule a tour at the Olivia Apartments today. Tullamore Dew, authentic Irish whiskey. May your team be swift in their aim true. And may your whiskey always be Tullamore Dew. Glasses up to responsible drinking. Tullamore Dew, Irish whiskey, 40% alcohol by volume 80 proof. Copyright 2015. Imported by William Grant and Sons, Inc. New York, New York. That's a way to use your head. It's Soccer Saturday on The Fan. Welcome back. It is Soccer Saturday on 93.5 and 107.5 of The Fan. You have heard from the head coach of the Indy 11. You have heard from the team captain of the Indy 11. How about we now start with a guy that began the year with the Indy 11, was a great player in person here for a couple of years, but had an opportunity to go to the Charleston Battery to begin this season and will line up against the Indy 11 coming up on Sunday afternoon. It's our buddy A.J. Cochran that joins us now. Good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good, Greg. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. I don't think we've had the on-air conversation since you left town and and elected to go to Charleston back in in February slash March. I know you and I have chatted off the air uh, numerous times since then. But just overall, was this move what you had hoped it would be several months ago? Yes, I would say it was, Um, you know, got to a big part of the move was to be closer to my wife's family. Um, which has definitely been amazing. We've got to see her family more and um, some of her friends more, which has been amazing. Um, 
you know, we love the city of Charleston. It's gorgeous. And, you know, the team has, we've done, you know, very well this year. So um, everything so far has, has been great. Um, you know, it was hard making the decision to leave ND because we did, you know, fall in love with the people there and it was close to my family and it is a great organization. Um, but, you know, it was just kind of one of those things where it was time to experience something new and, you know, it was a good decision for, for us. And obviously Indy 11 also, you know, had a great year. So um, I think it was the best of both worlds and both clubs, um, you know, both clubs, uh, you know, benefited from it. So, um, so far, so good. Be, being around this league, you had a respect for Ben Pierman as to what he had done in Memphis. Now right. you've had a chance to play for him for a year. Why is it that he is accurately thought of as one of the best coaches in our league? What makes him special for this level? Oh, um, man, a lot. He, uh, he's very detailed, Greg. He's very detailed. He's very, um, you know, with the guys, he's amazing. He's a very player-oriented coach, um, but also, like, demands a lot from his players. So it's kind of the perfect balance of, you know, when we're on the training field, he's intense, you know, he's hard, he, he, he wants to win games, but then, you know, off the field, he's making sure that, you know, your life off the field is going well and your family's doing good. And, he surrounds himself with a great staff. Um, you know, our assistant coaches are great. Um, you know, our front office is, is amazing. And uh, he, uh, you know, he's very detailed. He, um, you know, he, he's clearly a winner from Memphis and, and to now. He knows, he knows his system. He knows his style. And he brings in players that, um, you know, he recruits well and brings in players that he thinks is going to fit his system. And, um, yeah, he's a, he's a very good coach. And, you know, I, I love seeing – the younger coaches around the league do well. You know, I'm, I, I really am. I know we're going to be, you know, enemies on, on Sunday, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see that Mark has, has done, you know, made it back to the playoffs with, with this group because I love to see young coaches succeed. And, you know, I'm, I think uh, Mark and Ben are, are both, uh, you know, very young and, and talented coaches. There, there's, there's a lot of players I, I want to ask you about from your side. Let's start with the guy that when Please. you're out there lines up right behind you. Because he does have a local tie. You know, we know Trey Muse from his days at Indiana University, growing up in the Louisville area. Um, it is remarkable, given his age, how far up the USL championship charts he is in terms of, of career saves. What's it been like having him behind you as, as he's gotten the, the nod now in every match but one this year? What makes him such a, a, a talented young player? Yeah, he's just a force to be reckoned with. I mean, he's obviously a big boy. I think he's, you know, probably six foot six and he, he commands, you know, that six yard box. Um, you know, he's a, he's an unbelievable shot stopper. You know, he'll be, he'll make some saves in training where you just kind of like got a double take back at him. Like, you know, how'd, how'd you get to that? Um, you know, and I think that's personally his strongest attribute is he is, you know, when he comes out and, and cuts those angles off and makes himself big, he is, you know, he's hard to score against. Um, and he has, like he's, he, we've had a lot of shutouts this year. Um, you know, thanks a lot of thanks to Trey. Our back line's done phenomenal. But you know, I've always said that what really you know can separate a good goalkeeper from a a great goalkeeper from a good goalkeeper is about one save a game that keeps your team in it. And he has he has done that multiple times this year for us. And you know, I think um, our team plays with a lot of confidence with with him behind us. And you know, I got to give my other, you know, my other friend a shout out real quick. Our backup goalkeeper, Dan Kazemka, is is actually an incredible goalkeeper. You know, he really is. But Trey's just been on top of his game this year, and and the group feels, you know, very confident with him behind. And I think with a guy like Dan, this is also super important that you know when a team has a second string goalkeeper behind that's constantly pushing that first string, it only elevates that player's game even more. And I think you guys obviously saw that in India as well. All right. So with that, now let's talk about the other end of the field because much like yourself. 
virtually the entire team is new, with a couple notable exceptions, and Augustine Williams is one of those. He was firing them like crazy for a bad team last year. Same kind of goal-scoring rate, obviously much different level of personnel around him. What makes Augie Williams one of the better goal scorers in the league? Um, You know, I think it first starts off with his hard work. He works incredibly hard, and his hold-up play is, is very good. But I think what, you know, most people notice is, you know, he's very lethal inside the box and it just takes a half chance for him. And, and, and he's clinical, you know, inside that 18 yard box. And I think what makes Augie Williams so good is his work off the ball, you know, for, for not, you know, let's say 85 minutes, right. He just works his tail off for 85 minutes and then he's rewarded with an opportunity inside the box. And a lot of strikers don't normally take that opportunity. Um, and he, he takes that opportunity. I think, you know, Augie has scored double digit goals and, you know, the five or six years he's been in the league. So, you know, his, his resume speaks for himself, and he is very opportunistic. He makes good runs. He's hardworking, and, you know, I think that's why it makes him one of the best strikers in, in the league. The final individual I, I want to ask you about on the team, other than yourself, of course, um, would be Fidel Barajas, because yeah. he is clearly one of the, if not the best, young player in this league. And I think, you know, the sky is the limit for him since you've been around him from say March one till now, how have you seen him even grow as and develop as a player even this season? Yeah, um, I mean he's obviously grown you know substantially. Um, I think you know floating in and out with the national team um, has has helped him a lot. And I think you know because at the very beginning of the season, um, I don't want to get this wrong, but he was I think from the very beginning of the season he was one or two in the assist leaders for the entire season. And I think he had he was leading four you know he had four assists and like the first handful of games. And I think that kind of jump started, you know, his confidence moving forward into the games. And I think as the season's gone on, he started to gain more and more confidence. And then obviously going away with Mexico and being one of their star players qualifying for the world cup. And then now going to the world cup, playing the likes of, you know, Argentina's under 17s and Brazil under 17s and, and doing very well against those teams. I think he's, you know, he's picking a lot up from being in a professional environment around professional players here at the Battery and then going and demonstrating them, you know, obviously over the weekends, but also on international duty. And he is um, he's very technical, Greg. He, you know, he puts a good ball in his service. He's he's crafty. Um, he, he can finish. So I think he's got every attribute, you know, to continue his, his career to play at, you know, an extremely high level. So. Um, it's been fun playing with him this year, and I'm I'm excited to see where his career takes him. And frankly, you got to play pro at a level younger than most in this. You're you were a, a pro by the time you were 21 years of age. After you know two or three right. seasons of being at Wisconsin, for him yeah. to be doing at what he's doing at the age of 17, just mm-hmm. how far ahead of the game is he playing against grown men, pros every day, every weekend? To do that at 17 means what for him going forward? I think it means everything for him going forward. I think um, having that having that opportunity at a young age to play with experienced pros and to be in a professional environment and actually get to play, Greg, I think that's the big thing. I think you see a lot of younger kids get the opportunity to train with first teams, which is also like super important and amazing. But you don't get to see a lot of 17-year-olds play weekend and week out with that first team he's been doing that and he's been, you know, he's been assists and goals and he's been demonstrating why he's, you know, the best young talent in the USL. And I think it's been incredibly important for his development to, to, to turn pro and to be training with pros. And I think, 
you know, I'm expecting big things from him with Mexico in this U-17 World Cup because he should be going in with a ton of confidence and a, and a, a ton of experience. All right, so how have you adjusted? And obviously, uh, I'll read off the stats. 19 matches played, three starts. I think you kind of knew what you were getting into uh, when this move was made, that they were asking you to be uh, a, a leader, a guy that maybe wouldn't see as many minutes. What sort of adjustment has that been for you this year? Yeah, you know, that's a good question, Greg. I, I definitely pictured myself starting more games and, and, and playing more minutes. Uh, so at the beginning of the season, um, it was, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a tough pill to swallow. Um, but very quickly, I realized that I need to transition into a role that I really haven't had to in, in my career, um, maybe my second year in Houston a little bit. But, you know, I really needed to just take on that leadership in the, in the locker room mentality and and be that kind of leader on the training field and help push this team week in and week out to, to continue to get better and, and to be a good teammate. And, you know, it, obviously everyone wants to play, but also to, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta know your role uh, to be on successful teams. And my role this year has been, you know, that, like you said, of, you know, bringing experience to, to the you know practice field and to the locker room. And then obviously when the team needs, um, you know, needs an experienced player to come on late in the game and help seal out a victory, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to be that guy. And, you know, I've been proud of what I, how I've done this year. I think, you know, in the three games, three or four games I've started, I think, you know, we've, we've won two, I think we won, th- I think I've started, I don't know, but I've um, won three games and, 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 you know, tied one. And I think only, um, only conceded one goal. And I'm happy that that helped the group. And I'm just happy to be, you know, um, pushing, pushing the center backs ahead of me. Cause you know, that's super important. You know, last thing I'll say to it is having a deep team is, and, uh, is super important for, for the USL championship because you constantly have guys pushing other guys in the positions ahead of you to, to continue to bring their a game every single week or else, you know, you can be replaced. So, um, you know, it's, I've definitely had to take on a little bit of a different role, but you know, it's, 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 I, I've enjoyed it. It's, it's taken me out of my comfort zone and it's, and it's rewarding, you know, it's rewarding knowing that this team has gotten to the playoffs and third in, in our conference and, you know, hopefully more, um, you know, hopefully more wins to come. It's good to talk to you, my friend. We miss you here in Indianapolis, but I'm so happy that things are going well for you down in the low country and uh, yes, best of luck coming up tomorrow. Well, thank you for having me on Greg and um, yeah, hope for a very, very, very entertaining game on Sunday. You know, the last couple of years, we've been finding those former players that were playing in playoff matches to give us something to talk about. It's nice to do that in terms of the team you are playing. Even in this case, we might unfortunately be rooting against AJ, uh, a rare occurrence that that is the case heading into tomorrow's match at 4 o'clock. We will now break it down from a tactic standpoint with John Morrissey because, well, he is USL Tactics. And he'll be a great closing guest for us on the show. That comes your way next. Soccer Saturday, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Made fresh just for you. Penn Station's sizzling hot grilled subs served on their famous fresh baked bread, awesome fresh cut fries, and fresh squeezed lemonade. That's an unbeatable flavor trio because at Penn Station East Coast Subs, they grill, they fry, they bake. Order online order by phone, or dine in at a Penn Station restaurant today. Penn Station, it's all about good taste. At Johnson Controls, they transform the environments where people live, work, learn, and play. The places and spaces that are the backdrop to the biggest moments in your life. 
delivering more efficient workplaces, better patient outcomes, safer learning environments, and enhanced fan and passenger experiences. They provide the building technology, solutions, and expertise to power your mission. Johnson Controls. When you're dealing with a sports injury, getting back out there is the first thing on your mind. We know the feeling. Our sports medicine team cares for thousands of student athletes across central Indiana. In addition to physicians and athletic trainers, you'll have access to experts in physical therapy, imaging, and more. And with convenient locations near you, we help make healing as simple as possible. Learn more at ecommunity.com sports. Community Health Network. Exceptional care, simply delivered. Meet Kate. Okay, I'll send that report. Kate juggles a lot working from home. At Indiana Members Credit Union, we know Kate. We know she needs more room. We're here to help Kate and you by offering a special low intro rate on an IMCU home equity line of credit. Today, it's all about Kate. Tomorrow, it's all about you. Because at IMCU, it's you that matters. Subject to credit approval, IMCU is an equal housing lender and federally insured by the NCUA. Learn more at imcu.com. Who appreciates the value of an Ivy Tech Community College associate degree? It starts with more than 20 Indiana colleges and universities who have partnered with Ivy Tech in a guaranteed admissions program. Or the 70,000 students who earn college credit while still in high school. Or the more than 1,500 nurses who launch their careers from Ivy Tech each year. But the real value lies in the better life an Ivy Tech degree makes possible. Ivy Tech is your pathway to a better tomorrow. Get started today at ivytech.edu. Rising 15 stories above the city's wholesale district, the Hyatt Place Hyatt House Indianapolis downtown offers a modern and lively setting in the heart of the city, within walking distance to the best attractions, so you can enjoy your downtown experience to the fullest. Stop by the Pivot Bar and Balcony with exclusive outdoor dining and space to host your next private event. Enjoy a relaxing dinner or craft cocktail on the spacious outdoor patio. Call 317-762-2013 for more information and to make your reservation today. That's a way to use your head. It's Soccer Saturday on The Fan. Welcome back for the final time this morning here on Soccer Saturday on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. You have heard from players and coaches in the upcoming Eastern Conference quarterfinal between the Indy 11 and the Charleston Battery. How about we talk to the man that sees like every second of every match that's played in the USL Championship he may actually be a bit relieved. He's only going to watch eight matches this weekend instead of 12. It is John Morrissey. Of course, you can follow his work on Backheeled, USL Tactics on Twitter, a variety of other outlets, and he joins us now. Good morning, my friend, and happy playoffs to you. Yeah, good morning to you, and you are dead on about the fact that it's going to be a light weekend load for me this time around. <laughs> and wait till next weekend, it's just four and, and so on, <laughs> and, and like I'm getting my life back uh, as much as you love what you do. I understand that completely. So before we break down Indy and Charleston, let's kind of talk about Indy's recent run of form. I know there was kind of a temporary dip in mid-September, but from April, I'm sorry, from August 5th, August 9th until now – this is as good of a two-month stretch as we have seen from this team in a long, long time. Frankly, maybe ever. What sort of flipped in the script for the Indy 11 as of early August? Yeah, I think that for so much of the season, the narrative was you had the talent, you had the big USL names, and then Mark Lowry finally figured out how to set this team up in a way 
that let these players play with a lot more freedom, rotate a lot more often in terms of what they're doing offensively, play in a way that express that talent to the utmost. I think part of the big change was really committing to Sebastian Guinzati, dropping deeper without the ball, almost forming like a five-man midfield in defense, holding up the ball a lot more often when we do have possession. And it's really just made this team more fluid, more difficult to defend when teams have to overreact against that impetus in the center of the pitch. You're then opening up your Budatis, your Robbie Dambrots out wide. It's been this virtuous cycle where as soon as the midfield found that chemistry, as soon as they kind of got over the Quinn absence in a way, everything kind of rolled from there. I mean, they've weathered some of the injury issues too with Quinn, with what's happened in net. It's really been this galvanized performance where what this team could have been in the preseason, we're finally starting to see. All right, so again, this team has adapted from mid-September on to not having Aiden Quinn. Now, not through injury, but through a a double yellow last Saturday, it'll be without Solomon Asante. Asante's absence means what for this team from a tactic standpoint? Yeah, Asante's the one guy in that midfield where he can do the job centrally. He has the technique. He has the control of the ball at his feet. But he can also kind of just shoot out wide, run up real quickly, get out in transition. He's almost the piece that brings you the most variety within the offense. And that's hard to replicate. There's a reason this guy is a multiple-time MVP. If you bring in a Robledo or a Molina, they can maybe capture aspects of what Asante does. But no one, arguably in the USL or the history of the USL, is quite as dynamic. You may be looking at a slower, more process-oriented offense than something that can really catch a team like Charleston off guard. I don't think it's insurmountable, but I do think it's going to be a big deal. All right, so let's talk about this. And we've discussed this earlier in the program already. But Indy has this great result at Charleston. But it was so unique because of, of the penalty and, and playing a man up for literally 90-plus minutes of the match. You can kind of junk that one from going back and, and studying it. Mm-hmm. If you go back and study the draw that happened here, even though it was now a couple, three months ago, what do you take, if anything, from the first two matchups between these two teams in terms of study, game plan, tactic, et cetera, for the upcoming third get-together for the season? I think in that previous matchup without the first-minute red card and just looking at what Charleston does systematically, they're a team that really wants to take advantage of you out wide. They've got some underrated fullbacks, but if you can get past them, they've got quite a slow back line. And I think that's where missing Asante is really unfortunate for this team because Charleston is so deviously good in the press. They really are good about denying the center of the pitch. And I think, obviously, that was a game where Aiden Quinn got a fairly what late red card as well. So weird context at the end there. But I think if you can catch Charleston in transition, that's probably the best way for Indy to get the job done. I think going the other way, the battery, they like to build out fairly long into Augie Williams at striker. And he's not really looking to win the thing. He's looking to knock the ball down. And then you get that second wave of counter pressure where it sort of creates these chaotic situations where someone like a Fidel Barajas just squeaks onto the ball in the final third and can whip in across. They take advantage of moments of unsureness in the defense where you have to step out of position really well. So Indy just has to stay organized at the back, make sure they're sticking in that 4-4-2 or 4-5-1 and not overcommitting when those opportunities arise. 
Let's phrase it this way. There were three different permutations going into last Saturday night in which the Indy 11 could have played at Tampa Bay, at Charleston, and at Memphis. Who is the team in his heart of hearts that Mark Lowry wanted to play in this matchup this weekend? I think it has to be Memphis. Uh, if you're thinking about Memphis and Charleston, uh, obviously Ben Pierman won Coach of the Year with 901 last season then made the move to Charleston. And I think in many ways Memphis kind of plays uh, – a worse version of the pyramid system. And I think they've got more vulnerabilities in defense that Indy would be pretty well set up to take advantage of. Like you don't want to be at that auto zone park pitch certainly, but there's opportunities against that team that you wish you could have pipped Louisville for that fifth spot <laughs> and maybe gone over to Tennessee for the game. All right. So with that, um, one that one match, I definitely wanted to focus on fingers crossed with the hope that the Indy 11 win in Charleston, it's either Birmingham here or Tampa Bay down in St. Petersburg. So give me a view into the 2-7 matchup. What has your attention for that one later this evening? Yeah, thinking about that game, uh, oddly enough, Birmingham, who really had an up-and-down year, swept Tampa Bay in the regular (laughs) season. And the Rowdies, they've had injury problems with Leo Fernandez missing the whole year. I mean, um, Coach Neil Collins left for Barnsley in England midway through the season. So they've had a little bit of tumult, but they are so good about beating you in a million different ways. Cal Jennings is, for my taste, maybe the best finisher in the league right now and someone that uh, kind of passed by Indy like a ship through the night. Right, yeah. That Tampa Bay team defends really well also. Birmingham can never quite figure out what they want to do systematically. Uh, They're using Tyler Pasher as a central midfielder at this point. Very error-prone in their fullbacks and how they organize the defense. But they've got so much attacking talent, whether it's a Pasher, a Juan Agadello, who has U.S. national team camps. They're really a team that can beat you, but they, they're disorganized in the press. They aren't quite consistent enough. You hope that the Legion pull off that upset. You get to bring a game to Carroll Stadium. But I have a feeling it'll be Tampa Bay, sure. and that's going to be a hard matchup. That's kind of the same feeling I have as well. So, obviously, we saw Tampa Bay to start the year, and then we caught them literally in between Neil Collins and our friend Nikki Law. So we've had Nikki on the show, but from what the tape tells you, how is this a different team with with Nikki Law guiding the ship versus what Neil tried to do for the last five-plus seasons? Yeah, Neil was somewhat fluid but tended to prefer a shape with three central defenders in it. Law has tended to prefer a 4-4-2 with a little bit of variation within it. He builds that system around what he's got at striker with J.J. Williams and Cal Jennings, where the two-man game that they have developed is unbelievably hard to defend against just because they're two of the most complete forwards in the league. So they're going to be a big matchup. I I think they have these late-arriving runs from the wingers that force you to be so attentive all the time. That's something to watch. If they get Leo Fernandez, the reigning MVP, finally back in starting health, which seems to be on the cards, it just bolsters everything that they're doing already. So they're really kind of a hydra in the way that they've got a whole bunch of attacking heads to come at you. Man, that's a heck of a card to play, uh, bringing Long Island Leo back after we thought it was a season-ending injury uh, some seven months ago. Um, time-wise, uh, there's obviously two other Eastern Conference matchups, obviously an entire slate out West. And from the Indy 11 perspective, I hope to be paying more attention to the Western Conference playoffs. It means I think there's a potential championship match coming a couple, three weeks down the road. So simply put, of the other six games we have yet to talk about, what's the one that's must-see TV for you? 
going to say Colorado Springs against San Antonio. It's the defending champs who have been looking a little bit shaky in San Antonio. Some of the controversy there has been around a defense that's not quite as sturdy as it was as it was last season. And that's because Jordan Farr has been kind of unexpectedly benched with a lone goalie coming in. Uh, I've heard that it's not sitting particularly well in that locker room. Meanwhile, Colorado Springs, in terms of form, is probably the hottest team in the league right now. Uh, they've got a couple former Indy 11 guys with Fjeldberg and Tejada who are really tearing it up. They're another team that they've just hit the right buttons at the right time. They could be rounding into a good position right now to pull off the upset and maybe make a dark horse run. No doubt about that. All right, before we let you go, my friend, uh, the best ways to find your work this time of year would be where? Yep, follow USL Tactics on Twitter. You'll see everything there. But, yeah, throw a subscription at Backyield. Otherwise, that's the best place for my writing on the USL and really all things American soccer. Folks, it is so worth your time. I look forward to breaking it down. I get the emails every week that say, here's the breakdown. Here's exactly where it goes. Uh, It is money well spent. And remember, you're supporting one of us because it was not lost on me that John dropped a wee in talking about the Indy 11 back in like minute number two of the conversation. It's the one of the 24 that he feels that way about in the USL championship. While he calls New York home, he will always be like we say about the Indy 11. Hashtag Indy forever. My friend, I enjoy our conversations every time we have it. My guess is we'll have one again soon. Thanks for the time and the insight today.